You know, we are in the month of June. The whole month, we have been talking about giving, although it's my first week. Um, but Isaac and KK have been teaching us on giving. And it is also in a season where we give to the ETS fund, empowering the, the saints, because we want in meeting the needs of people. We are going to spend one-third of our collection to equipping this building. Um, we, have been, we have moved here for how many years now? Five, four, four, five years now. Uh, we want to better equip this place to be a place that can evangelize, meeting the needs of people, that we can do more things with this place where we can actually engage the society and it's really a gift from God. At the same time, we also want to allocate one-third of the budget to ministry. Like what you heard just now, seed is like ministry, right? Um, so facilities and maintenance is part one. The second part is ministry where we are giving to seed. We are giving to family adoption. Uh, we are conducting more family programs for the people. Uh, ever since we started seed, I think Isaac has done BGR and Aaron has done parenting, all right? There are so many young families coming out. So it's great that we are doing all these programs and training for the community. We are doing some youth development program as well, including FIRES. FIRES Camp is coming! And I know the team is working very hard. This year, it's going to be even better. And um, that is the ministry part where we are getting our members to be involved in meeting the needs of the society. Thirdly, it's mission. Um, Yesterday, I was, this morning, I was, when I was just preparing, I said, God, what else can we do for the community? I, it, it kind of agitates me that when I went to Australia, um, Hillsong Conference, they were giving out free Bibles. And when I went to Japan, um, the church there, they were giving out free Bibles. But in Malaysia, we asked for free Bibles, very hard to get. Like, I don't know, just, I know Gideon gives free Bible, but the blue cover thing is kind of hard for young people to, you know? So it's, it's in the hotel, it's in everywhere, and it's hard to f get free Bibles. So I'm thinking maybe we should allocate some budget to print some Bibles or to get some cheap Bibles that we can just give it out for people who want to read God's Word, alright? So that is part of mission, and we are going to appoint a mission director very soon. I mean, I will, we will introduce the hymn to you. Then we'll be doing local and overseas mission, church planting initiatives. Uh, last conference we gave to um, Seoul in Alastar, and we are giving to we, we gave to Russian church as well. And we want to, you know, we are just waiting for Pastor Anna to start something, you know. Maybe we give first, lah. Then you start. <laughs> he said, get married first, you know. But anyway. We, we are all in this together. Everybody say, we are all in this together. Because the church is the body of Christ. When Jesus was on earth, His body was touching lives, healing the sick, reaching the poor, meaning the needs of people. So church, I want all of us to remember that our vision it's always to do the work of Jesus Christ, that we want to engage the society with the love of Christ and make an impact as the light of the world. 
That is why we are called City Light. I want all of us to imagine the future together as we give to this ETS fund. Let's imagine the future together. Ever since we started SIT, many people have visited us and they want to start something in their city as well. And also we are collaborating with Generasi Gemilang that reaches 40,000 individuals in Kuala Lumpur. And they are willing to collaborate with us and share with us their program and experiences that we can run it here. At the same time, the state government of Penang actually found out about our work as well and they, want, they, they are interested in collaborating in the future. So let us imagine that the church will really be outside the four walls. Amen? That we will really do a great work among the young people and we want to build the bridge, build a bridge with the educators, with the policy makers, and even corporate sponsors. We want to work hand in hand, regardless of race and religion, to make Malaysia a better place and beyond Malaysia as well. Amen. I'm upset when the devil has stolen. Just now we sang the song, tell the devil, right? It's not today. I'm upset when the devil has stolen our ability to give. I'm upset when he has infiltrated believers with worldly desires and quietly dampened our heavenly sights for the kingdom of God, that we can actually change the world. You know, like this thing is more deadly than persecution because when we begin to lose sight of the kingdom of God, that's when we lose our identity. And when we do that, we no longer see new schools being built up. We no longer see hospitals being set up poverty being eradicated. Remember, when the missionaries first came to Malaysia, they were building hospitals, homes for people. And today, we are here, we are blessed. We want to do the same for Malaysia and beyond. Uh, we have a friend here, uh, Skelep from Oasis JB. He is young. How old are you? 21. And he is visiting all the collective churches because he's planning to go to Cambodia and he wants to start a church there. Start something there, alright? Maybe we should give when he starts, alright? Awesome. So, that is really a time where we are taking back from the devil what he has stolen. When we are learning about giving, a lot of people misunderstand church teaching about giving. You know why? Because people think that the goal is to have a great collection for the vision. Many are pressured to do so because every vision comes with a cost and people are pressurized to teach giving for the great collection. But I believe this is not why we are doing this. The goal is not to have a great collection, but is to be, everybody say be. We want to be a giving church like the Macedonian church. Paul described the Macedonian church having the grace of giving. That means it is an empowerment from God. Amid having desperate needs themselves, they thought about the needs of others and gave generously to the saints around them. The key, I believe today, for us to have, to be the Macedonian church is to carry the spirit of giving. Everybody say the spirit of giving. 
because the spirit of giving is integral to a life of devotion in Christ. Don't worry, my message today is going to be short, but I believe it's going to be good for us. The goal of giving is not to impress others, but to please Christ. The goal of giving is to please Christ because God sees beyond what we give. He looks into how we give and why we give. When Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, He said in chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, He said, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to come and offer your gift. Jesus says, when you give, Jesus is teaching about the spirit of giving. What is the spirit of giving? First, forgive before you give. Forgive before you give. Are you angry with your brothers? Is there anyone here in this hall? If he exits from that door later, you hope to exit here. Is there someone that you cannot look into the eyes sincerely? If you cannot reconcile with that person first, before you can give with the right spirit of giving. I believe that God looks into our attitude of giving more than the giving itself. God wants us to be a forgiving person. Because the spirit of giving is not just giving your possession away. It's not just giving your, your, your money. It's about you. It's about the relationship with the person that you give to. So I've seen many Christians stop giving, not because they are not generous. A lot of Christians stop serving, stop taking part, stop giving their time to each other, not because they, they were stingy, no. Because... They had problem forgiving. They started off giving their time to God, giving their money to people who needed help. They started giving their love, affection for one another. Then one day, they are offended. Men, they drift away from the community. Eventually, I do not want to give anymore. What is the point of giving? That has paralyzed Christians from a lifestyle of giving. And the thing is, when a Christian stops giving, it loses its saltiness as salt and the brightness as a light. When a Christian doesn't give, it's not natural anymore. Because you see in the Bible, when the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, the first thing that they did is to give. They share their possessions. It's amazing. But the thing is, they share because they were in that community. Friends, today, have you, do you live a life of forgiveness all the time? Or do you allow offense to contaminate your soul and eventually stop you from giving your time, giving your trust to people? Without forgiving, you cannot carry the right spirit of giving. And without the right spirit, our giving won't last it will turn bitter. I've seen people 
They were giving unconditionally. But when they become bitter, their giving becomes very demanding. I've given you time. Why are you not giving me time? I'm giving you my, my effort. I, I have pour, poured so much for you. I haven't received anything back. I've seen many people who leave the community of Christ, leaving church, not because they don't like giving, but simply because they are not forgiving. How sad. Why not tell a neighbor, forgive before you give? Very quiet. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. But Samuel replied, that is in regards to what Saul did. Samuel replied to Saul, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Number two, the spirit of giving. Obey before you give. I believe everyone has the ability to give, but not everyone can obey. Saul had all the ability to be a king, but he had problem to obey. He had no problem offering a sacrifice. In fact, he cared too much of public opinion. He wanted to show the world that he was able to perform that sacrifice. Come on, I can do it, man. I can offer. I can give. It was too much about himself because the giving, the center of giving was himself. He forgot that he was giving to God. He didn't remember that his obedience was more important to God than his giving. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about his leader, Samuel. He wanted Samuel to honor him. And God had to deal with the wrong spirit of giving. He removed Saul from his throne. When we gave with the wrong attitude, no matter how much, sometimes people wonder, so much to this family. I've given so much to this church. I've given so much to this country. Why am I not receiving? Why am I bitter? Have you obeyed? The key is, have you obeyed what God has spoken to you? Forgiveness is part of it. I remember when I was in high school, I was teaching high school, Elson's class. I was just doing some counselling. I was one of the counselling teachers. And I met this girl. And she was, a group of them was just, was just having a fight. And she knew that I was a pastor. Um, early days. And they were having a fight. So I, I spoke to her. I said, Sister, I'm not speaking to you just as a student. I know you are a believer. I know that you have been hurt. But forgiving is not an option. If you want to see your life change, you want to see relationship change, you have to choose to forgive. Eventually, she got upset with me. She didn't want to talk to me anymore. You see, friends, when we do not obey God, will not suffer. We are the one that will suffer. Why do you give today? 
Are you giving for public opinion, acceptance? Or are you obeying God? You give because you know that you submit yourself to God and what He says. What is the point of giving when we don't obey Him? I remember when I was young, I would save up and buy my mom a good Mother's Day gift every year. I thought it's a big gift, you know, because it takes months of saving, right? Every time I pass it to her, very potong steaman. She always say, this one not important, just be an obedient boy, can't ready. I'm like, what's the point? He started with, what is the point, right? That was like, what's the point of saving so much and give? Because to my mom, me being an obedient child is a greater gift to her. Today, friends, what is God speaking to you? What was the last time God spoke to you? Have you obeyed? Because if we have not, then what is the point? What is the point of filling up that pledge form and give if we live a life of disobedience? Now, church, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we must all be perfect before we can give. All of us make mistakes now and every now and then. But the thing is, we should not live in a life of disobedience. That means we know that it's wrong. We still want to choose our way. So, Today, are we obeying His Word in our workplace, in our family, in our finances, even in our thought life? People see that it is insignificant, but to God, it is important. Our soul and our hearts are important to God. So, obedience is more important than sacrifice. Obedience is a spirit. We may make mistakes along the way, but we must always carry the spirit of obedience to God and say, God, whatever you say, whatever you say goes. We submit ourselves to Him and His authority. And that is the spirit of giving. Many people say, convince me to give. A person that is obedient doesn't need people to convince him. Because that is the spirit that he carries. Amen? If God is the master of your life, you don't need anyone to challenge you to give. Because you know that He is the owner, we are the manager or steward. When God is the boss, man, let's just talk to our boss and obey Him. Because obedience is greater than sacrifice. My final point, some of you say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. The important part is coming. Love before you give. Jesus says the greatest of all commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and is to love your neighbour as yourself. And Apostle Paul spoke about love. He says, without love, everything that you do, you can speak a thousand languages, you can have the knowledge of the entire world, you can even lay down your life for someone if you do not love. It is Nothing. So the, the key is this. When we give, we must first love. Everybody say love. So a lot of people say, now, if giving is related 
to love, right? Then how about the commandment of giving tithe, right? It's, it's, some people say, you know, tithe is of the Old Testament, not the New Testament. And Pastor, what is your take? I would say, ask Pastor Andrew when he comes. But the thing is this. Yes, in the Old Testament, the people were instructed to give tithe. But in the New Testament, has God changed? Do you think God ever? Because I believe that when they encounter God, their hearts change. While the Old Testament is the giving of tithe, the New Testament is more than that. It's the giving of their hearts. It's the giving of their self. It's the giving of their all. Not that God changed. God just upgraded His requirement that we should... Oh, that's why when the Holy Spirit came, right? What happened? They begin to share their possession. One person that I really admire in our church is Charlotte and her car. That tiny black car. I always see on the road one, different people driving because she's living the life of the early church. You want car? Drive my car, drive my car. Right? She's sharing her car with the people around her. You must understand that LJ and Charlotte has to take care of the maintenance, this and that, right? If people hit the car, they say, oh no, okay, but still have to... Because in the New Testament, when our hearts are changed, man, nobody wanted to talk about tithe because it's too low. But if you haven't even started giving your tithe, it's a good place to begin with. God changed our hearts. That's why I believe people were not talking about tithing. They were, they were simply giving more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. The Word of God says, for the love of Christ compels us. Why do we give? Because we are compelled by God's love. It's the same love that died for us. It's the same love that gave up His life so that we could live again. It's the same love that brought Jesus to the cross so that we can have a new life. And the thing is, the Bible says that He died for all, that all, it just moved slightly earlier. We are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. Because Christ died for us, therefore now we live in the Spirit. And as we live, this life that we have, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for the one who died for us. We live for the one who gave up all and went up to the cross for us. It's, it's like, 
because we are so indebted to Him, we, we know that this life that we have comes from Him. That is why we begin to live our life according to what He wants. Because this life that we have is from Him. This eternal life of knowing God. We begin to identify ourselves with Him like a seed. I don't know how you view your life. I think a lot of times we view our lives as something insignificant. God, I don't mind giving, but what is my time? You know, what is my life? It's just like a seed. But Jesus says, as a seed falls into the ground, as it dies, that's when it begins to take on a new life. It begins to grow, to sprout, and begins to bear fruit 34, 6400 fold. Friends, you know what? We always want to see the glorious harvest. We want to see the impact that God can bring through us. But God says it starts with a seed that is willing to die. Maybe today you think what you can give to God is insignificant. God says, don't worry, you are just a seed. But you know, the seed, Jesus Christ, died 2,000 years ago for us. That's why today, millions upon millions of people are worshipping God. Their lives are changed. They live no longer for themselves, but for the one who died for them. But the key is this, friends, church, are we living our lives for the one who died for us? It's so important. Because only if we live our life for the one who died for us, then really, his life is multiplied. One died, millions of people were given a new life. But the key is, these millions of people should live their life for the one who died for them. Otherwise, there is no change. You see, when it comes to spirit of giving, giving our possession is always easier than the giving of ourselves. Every year, you also give your income tax, right? It's not like you carry the spirit of giving. You know, if you don't give, something might happen. It's better to declare properly and give properly. And sometimes you can hide them under your bed, you don't care. But every year, when it is time to submit, you begin to go through and say, did I owe government any money or what should I do? Right? That's giving of my money. But God doesn't want and God doesn't need the money. He needs, He wants the giving of ourselves. The Bible says the Macedonian church first gave themselves. Then they gave the money. Friends, today I'm not here to challenge you to give a bigger portion. If you can do that, that's great. But I'm here to challenge you to give your life to God, to give your hearts to God, to give ourselves to God. You see, when you give money, it only hurts you for a while. But if you give yourself, you are subjected to rejection and hurt. How many of you fall in love before? Okay. 
How many of you have been hurt? Okay, don't raise up your hands. When you give yourselves, you can be hurt. That's why you need to forgive before you give, right? When you give yourselves away, you, you know, some, some people say, Pastor, how do you do this, you know? Caring for people is so hard because every time we get hurt, don't you get hurt? I say, yeah, sometimes I don't even realize. But you see, the thing is, that is the call of God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He gave His Son. He didn't just give angels. He didn't give money. He gave His Son, His life. And Jesus was crucified on the cross for us. Love. True love is not the giving of possession, but the giving of ourselves, our lives, our all. Seed must first die before it can grow. Our agendas must first die in order to see growth in the kingdom of God. We must first sow the seed that seems insignificant so that we can reap what is eternally significant. You see, a seed, when it is planted, it's not just about getting that growth, it's about getting the next generation. You know, if a seed keeps planting himself, a durian seed that is 1,000 years old can still stay here today because it keeps planting itself. And he has to die every time. How can the work of God, the love of Christ continue to flow? It requires us to live for the one who died for us. Jesus is that good, good Samaritan in our lives. He says, do likewise to others. As you have been shown kindness, do it unto others. Today, I do not know how to teach you to give. I'm struggling, I'm learning, but I know one thing for sure. It is to look upon Jesus, the giver of life. He is the ultimate giver. Every time I struggle to give, I look at Jesus, what He has given to me and to the world. Every good thing comes from Him. He was nailed to the cross. We have outstretched hands to tell us how much He loves us. And today, we are called His followers. Not the Instagram kind of followers, but real followers who imitate Him. We carry His Spirit. We do what He does. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Today I'm praying that all of us will have that spirit of giving. At the end of the day, no amount is too small that God will neglect. No amount is too big, so big that God will be so impressed. Everything comes from Him. But I think what really touched God's heart is our spirit of giving. Today, are you forgiving? Are you obeying? Are you loving?